Life Audio. Welcome to Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth about the things that matter most through reason and evidence. Today, I'd like to read a paper called Critical Race Theory Standpoint Epistemology. In the Christian worldview, this was first read at an Evangelical Theological Society meeting in October of 2022. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Isaiah 118, King James Version. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. While the explosive and devastating riots of 2020 were sparked by the death of George Floyd, there was an ideological underpinning for much of the violence and verbiage of that summer of hate, carnage, ideological blindness, and outrage. It is called critical race theory, or CRT, an ideology at odds with the truth of the Christian worldview on a number of counts. I have written an entire book on this called Fire in the Streets. We will only address the theory of knowledge of CRT, which is called Standpoint Epistemology. As Francis Schaeffer wrote, quote, Unless our epistemology is right, everything is going to be wrong. Unquote. That is from his book, He is There and He is Not Silent. CRT Epistemology is Wrong. Critical Race Theory 101. CRT is a philosophy rooted in Marxism by way of critical theory. Like Marxism, CRT interprets society as composed of ceaseless conflict between groups and makes exposing systems of oppression its ruling passion. Those who developed critical theory, starting in Frankfurt, Germany in the 1920s, were Marxists to a man, but realized that Marx's predictions of revolution in Europe and America had not come true, since the working class was largely content in free market economies, or at least they were not fomenting revolution. Instead of junking Marxism, as they should have, they revised it by claiming that the oppressed had been lulled into complacency by the spell of the capitalist system. Thinkers like Herbert Marcuse, who later came to America with fellow Frankfurters, taught that Americans were sexually and racially oppressed. They would provide the critical lens through which to expose this oppression and foment revolution in the streets, as was common in the 1960s on college campuses, and through the celebrated or lamented long march through the institutions. Marcuse mentored the black radical and self-identified communist Angela Davis, who in turn mentored leaders in the Black Lives Matter movement, who admitted to being trained Marxists. Just recently, Black Lives Matter has endorsed the Hamas slaughter of the Israelis, and that's in some ways all you need to know about them. Other thinkers, such as legal scholar Derek Bell, an influence on President Barack Obama, developed the ideology that America, the American system, even after the civil rights movement, was systemically racist 
and that whites only helped blacks when it was in the whites' interest to do so. All whites were complicit in a systemically racist system, an idea further developed by Robin DiAngelo and Ibrahim X. Kindi. The American system could not be reformed. It has to be replaced with something else. That is race-based socialism. For CRT advocates, any disparity of achievement between whites and people of color that disfavors the latter is due to racism. This is abysmal social science. It is pure ideology, and as Thomas Sowell has been arguing for over half a century. But this is not our focus. See my book, Fire in the Streets. We will rather consider the epistemology of CRT. Standpoint epistemology grows out of postmodernism. Postmodernism claimed that there is no such thing as one objective truth, two objective rationality, three epistemic neutrality. However, when wedded to critical legal theory, postmodernism morphs into standpoint epistemology. To one through three is added four. Oppressed minorities have a singularly privileged perspective on reality given their oppression. Their narrative is true and must be unquestioned. Epistemology is a matter of social justice, wherein the oppressed set the terms of the debate regarding the relationship of the oppressed and the oppressors. Whereas postmodernism dissolves truth into relative perspectives and warned of totalizing meta-narratives such as Christianity and scientific materialism, standpoint epistemology brings back a totalizing narrative. But this time, it is the narrative of the oppressed, who uniquely and infallibly know what is going on. For CRT, it is the oppressed, the victims, who call the shots, not the oppressors. For CRT, people of color are those who have lost the social battles and find power in claiming victimhood and grievance. Before critiquing standpoint epistemology, we consider some elements of a biblical theory of knowledge. A sketch of biblical epistemology. The Bible teaches that men and women, of whatever racial heritage, are made in the image and likeness of God. Genesis 1.26 Being made in God's image means the ability to think rationally, and to come to considered judgments by assessing facts and evidence by sound principles of logic. The cosmos was made through the Logos, John 1.1, who orders all things to make them intelligible for human flourishing. Of course, the fall, Genesis 3, makes all this more difficult, but not impossible. God's omniscient and omnipotent intelligence makes both general and special revelation possible. Psalm 19, 1-4, 2 Timothy 3, 15-17. Thus the Bible values sound reasoning, without making unaided reason the only source of truth. We need biblical revelation as well for a coherent worldview and a righteous way of life. Consider the epistemic values contained in the prologue to Luke, for example. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, 
I, too, decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Luke 1, 1-4 Luke is a careful historian who sifted through extant historical sources in order to bring knowledge to his readers. Scholarship bears out the veracity of his reports. The same kind of rational diligence was exercised by the Bereans, who vigorously tested Paul's teaching against Scripture that would have been our Old Testament to determine whether or not Paul's teaching was true. Acts 17, 1-12 Likewise, the Apostle Paul holds to the objectivity of truth in reference to the resurrection of Jesus and gives reasons for believing it occurred based on the testimony of credible witnesses. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-14 The truth cannot be contravened by human opinion or unbelief since, quote, Let God be true, and every human being a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. Romans 3, verse 4 But now we need to further explain the meaning of truth. The New Testament word, aletheia, or truth, and its derivations retain the Hebrew idea of conformity to fact, expressed in emet, or truth. According to New Testament scholar Roger Nicole, quote, The primary New Testament emphasis is clearly on truth as conformity to reality and opposition to lies and errors, unquote. The biblical concept of truth is essential is essentially the correspondence view of truth, philosophically considered. On this commonsensical view, truth is a quality of unambiguous statements. A statement is true if it is factual, that is, corresponds to reality, and false if it is not factual, that is, fails to correspond to reality. The statement, Martin Luther King was assassinated, is tragically true since he was shot to death on April 4th, 1968, in Memphis. The statement, Martin Luther King died peacefully in 1975, is untrue. Truth is not the property of personal beliefs, but of statements. Speaking of phrases such as my truth, or our truth, or your truth, Thomas Sowell, the distinguished African-American economist, writes, however lofty and vaguely poetic such words may seem, The cold fact is that truth cannot become private property without losing its whole meaning. Truth is honored precisely for its value in interpersonal communication. If we each have our own private truths, then we would be better off, as well as more honest, to stop using the word or the concept and recognize that nobody's words could be relied upon anymore. The more subtle insinuation is that we should become more sensitive to some particular group's truth. That is, that we should arbitrarily single out some group for different standards, according to the fashions of the times, or the vision of the anointed. And this is exactly what has happened in recent years. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. 
Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. No one owns or controls truth, although opinion is shaped by many ways, in many ways. Soul cites John Adams' comment, facts are stubborn things, and whatever else may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. End of the quote. Defining knowledge. Although it is a contentious issue, I define knowledge as justified true belief, which is the internalist view. Therefore, for a subject S to know P, that is any unambiguous proposition to be true, S must one believe that P is true, P must be true, that is corresponds in reality, and three S must have adequate justification for P as true. Critical race theory is not known for analytical precision in epistemology, or anything else, especially with social science. But it does seem to make a claim that race uniquely justifies claims about race, thus putting it roughly in the internalist camp. Race and epistemology. What if the critical race theory claim that people of color have a uniquely privileged perspective on the oppressive structures of society? They, unlike the oppressors, are not necessarily afflicted with what Marxists call false consciousness, and are thus the last word on the unjust realities they face. Thus, Thomas Chatterton Williams speaks of the left-of-center public thinking, wherein identity epistemology is employed. That's his term, identity epistemology. A person of color simply knows things through their person of color being. But unless you are God himself, knowing through being, or identity epistemology, is just too easy. You have to work beyond your pigment or gender to attain knowledge, especially about contentious issues in politics and society. But how should we understand knowledge in relation to social or racial standing? The Bible reveals that God is greatly concerned for those unjustly treated by society, these are often referred to as the oppressed and are members of such groups such as widows and orphans and strangers to the commonwealth of Israel. Jesus warns that as we have treated the least of these, the hungry and thirsty, those ill-clothed, the sick and the prisoner, we have treated Jesus himself. And God will judge us accordingly. See Matthew 25, 31-46. Proverbs teaches. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Proverbs 31.8 In order to speak for the voiceless and help the helpless, either because of racial mistreatment or for any other reason, we need to listen to their stories. However, giving voice to people who have been silenced or muffled because of their race or gender does not mean that they will always speak the truth. They may misinterpret their own situation innocently or even lie, as is the want of all sinners. Both oppressed and oppressors are, in the biblical vision, sinners 
in need of regeneration and forgiveness through Jesus Christ and intellectual and moral reorientation by the Word and the Spirit. We all need large transfusions of objective truth from God to offset our proclivities, self-justification, exoneration, blame-shifting, stereotyping, scapegoating, and more. But a rational orientation to objective truth is a vanished value in critical race theory, as can be seen in the following comments. A New Yorker article on Derrick Bell, a key player in critical race theory, said this, quote, He was just telling his story. He was telling his truth. And that's what he wanted everyone to do. So, as far as Derrick Bell goes, that's probably what I think is important, unquote. Notwithstanding, what is important is whether or not what Derrick Bell said was true to reality, whether it was factual. Truth, however, is neither pigmented nor gendered. There's no black truth or white truth or red truth or gay truth or trans truth or women's truth or male truth. Truth is a property of those statements, propositions, and belief that match objective reality. It matters not who utters them, when they are uttered, why they are uttered, the media coverage they receive, or the intensity of feeling behind them. Those who insisted against all the legal evidence that black teenager Michael Brown was executed in 2014 in Ferguson by a white police officer while he had his hands up and was shouting, hands up, don't shoot, were simply wrong. Despite the passion of their protest, despite the racial narrative they immediately used to eclipse the facts on the ground and in the courts about the case, despite a painting that that was displayed in a local seminary depicting this. And here I encourage you to see the documentary featuring the black scholar Shelby Steele called What Killed Michael Brown, and also the treatment of this situation by David Horowitz in his book I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America. It's on pages 77 through 86. No one can make a statement true by merely placing it into a pre-existing narrative or ideology, however emotionally charged it might be. The real questions are, who is speaking the truth? What are the social and ethical consequences of truth and falsity? What rights do all people deserve? How should particular groups be treated with love and justice? Everyone deserves to be heard, and sadly, society has not always allowed women and people of color that voice, despite their First Amendment rights. Yet not all voices speak truthfully or reasonably. We must distinguish between the importance of free voices and the recognition of truthful speech. The loudest voice may be lying, the most emotionally compelling writing may be untrue. As Jesus said, only the truth will ever set us free. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth. The truth will set you free, John eight thirty one. Without the concept of a knowable objective truth concerning a reality independent of our biases, ignorance, and prejudice, truth becomes a wax nose that can be twisted in any direction without regard for proper method, objective facts, or correct implications. 
All that remains is partisanship, ideology, power-mongering, image manipulation, name-calling, propaganda, subversion, and cancellation. It is beyond question that power and privilege can and do corrupt our understanding of the truth about race. They can even silence the voices of the oppressed and rob them of comfort. As the ancient preacher in Ecclesiastes noted, I looked and saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they had no comforter. Power was on the side of the oppressors, and they have no comforter. Ecclesiastes 4.1 We should not attempt to comfort the oppressed with any false ideology, such as critical race theory, but we need to understand their plight through their own experience inasmuch as this contributes to the overall justification of truth claims pertaining to their situation. This paper has not critiqued critical race theory beyond its epistemology, but that is not a bad place to start. Because, as Francis Schaeffer said, if the epistemology is wrong, then everything else will be wrong. Christianity, on the contrary, offers a true and rational worldview whose general epistemology makes knowledge possible and gives us reliable standards for knowledge acquisition. Let us then earnestly pursue the welfare of all people with this biblical foundation under our feet and the winds of truth at our back. Again, this essay, this paper relates to my book, Fire in the Streets, which is a critique of critical race theory, or what is sometimes called wokeness. This has been Doug Grothuis with Truth Tribe. If you'd like to know more about me and my ministry and how I might be able to help you or your church, please go to my webpage, douglasgrothuis.com. Truth Tribe is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry. Your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.